0: Then you've come to the right place. There are so many exciting opportunities in this dynamic sector, and I'm looking forward to pulling back the curtain and sharing them with you. Welcome back to the Commercial Property Investor Podcast, and I'm your host, Jerry Alexander. We've had a few interviews about specialist areas over the last few weeks, and I hope you've really enjoyed those different topics and insights offered by our great guests. But this week, it's gonna be a solo effort. You see, I have a topic area I really want to talk to you about. It almost seems to be a bit of a secret. It's built around tax, redevelopment, and long-term cash flow. See, they're all interlinked, and together they form this seldom-mentioned topic of commercial property momentum. You see, my theory is that a lot of the advice and chat around commercial property is delivered by property professionals and not necessarily those that are first and foremost investors themselves. Think about it. The last piece you read in the press or the last book you picked up on the topic, was it really an investor that wrote it or spoke it? Or was it actually a property professional? Now, there's nothing wrong with that and everyone has their place, but we each have a different perspective, don't we? So we may miss what others might see more easily. Together, of course, we all have a contribution to make, but just make sure you're aware of the context around the content you're consuming. My hope, though, is that this is where we're different, and it's one of the reasons the podcast, I think, has been gaining such momentum. You see, this game is made up of four different types, all right? As far as I'm concerned, there's investors who actually invest their money or perhaps somebody else's, but they're ultimately buying the asset. The second is the development or the developing and the contractors. The third is the operators, those that, that look after the investments or at least they do so on behalf of the owner. They might even run the investments. And then the fourth sector really is the property professionals. So the investors tend to buy the property the development can be done by a developer. The operator may be, and certainly in our example where we have a lot of multi-let properties, might be managed by an operator. It could be just an agent, though. And then there's the property professionals that surround all of that and help you through those different stages. So, you could choose to just be an investor. You could choose to just be an operator, which would be more of a rent-to-rent model. Or you could do both those, and develop the properties yourself. But it's all different pieces of the puzzle, isn't it? And the property professionals, as I say, help at the other end or throughout the process. But if you're an investor, then your perspective may be different than our property professionals. So let's move on to that secret, right? But just before we do, I want to take a moment to say thank you To your listeners, and to our guests over the last year, believe it or not, we've just passed our first anniversary of the podcast. Amazingly, the show has reached over 60 different countries now. The vast majority of those downloads are even outside of my own country, of Scotland. So, for those of you further afield, I do hope that the accent is easy for you to understand. And I do try to ensure the technical elements of the discussions are, I guess, as broad as I can make them. Bearing in mind that, you know, different jurisdictions have different rules and laws, plus of course the crucial tax structures for each country can be quite different. But that's okay, because on here we talk in general principles, at least that's what I'm trying to do. It's up to you to find out about your local practices and what fits in with the the tax structure and the legal structure in, in the jurisdiction that you're in. But at least these podcasts should arm you with the questions you should be asking your professional advisors. And today I'm going to be talking about the influence of tax on our portfolios and growth. Most of the discussion should be universal, of course, to wherever you're building your portfolio. And I also truly believe that my main niche of the commercial multi-occupancy or multi-let commercial can be applied to every jurisdiction, every market. So once again, thank you all for listening and downloading our content, plus a big extra special thank you to those that have taken the time to leave reviews on our efforts on iTunes or, of course, your favourite podcast platform we do review all of them and it really helps raise the profile of the show which benefits all of us so thanks again if you haven't taken the time to do so yet and you've been enjoying the podcast getting value please just take a couple of minutes just to leave a review it really helps it means that we get a higher profile and we can bring on more guests and all of us can learn more so back at the end of episode 51 where we discussed those multi-layers of the market if you listen to that episode, and how to spot opportunities, I mentioned something about momentum. So today, I want to go into that in a lot more detail. This is all to do with cash flow. If your number one goal is seeking capital appreciation, then this specific episode might not serve you so well. However, if you're aiming for cash flowing assets to increase your income, then listen up. As I've said before, I used to think that I need to employ a couple of different strategies to build a good, solid cash flow. Firstly, I thought I would buy residential, refurbish it and rent it out, seeking that capital appreciation either through my initial efforts of buying it at a good price and adding value or through holding and waiting for the market to go up. But of course, that's completely out of my control. But then I thought I would employ a second strategy, of trading in those residential properties for a smaller bundle of commercial properties that would cash flow higher because the returns in commercial tend to be higher and I would just accept perhaps a smaller capital appreciation. But basically, I would do all the work up front and then I'd trade in for these more passive assets. But then I learned... You can be an active investor with a commercial and create capital appreciation through your own activities rather than waiting for the outside world to change its viewpoint on ROI or there's a shift in general market sentiment. And that meant I had complete control over the ability to increase the value, whereas if I'm waiting for market sentiment, it's out of my control completely. And as I've mentioned before, my light bulb moment came when the first commercial property we purchased was revalued. The increase in value was really significant and that was down to the improvements we made to the offer and the building, of course, and the subsequent major increase of net income. The important note here is that these activities were entirely under our control. So now I realise that I didn't necessarily need that two-step or two-strategy approach, I could actually go straight for the commercial assets. So now we're going to get closer to the nub of this whole episode, right? With my original plan, I would have to sell some of the residential properties in order to get the commercial assets, which incidentally is what I did, which meant sharing some of the profits with the government through the tax system. And once you make that sale, you have crystallized tax and it will become liable. Now, I know there's some exceptions in some jurisdictions, but in general, you now need to pay a share of the project profit to your big partner called the government. So. In my instance, when I traded in some of those resi and then bought a commercial, there was a tax liability. So let's take the example of a mixed-use development, say a development of shops and uppers. And that's basically you've got um, commercial on the ground floor, a shop or something, and then on the one or two storeys above, you've got the possibility for residential. Often it was for storage above these shops, but now it's not used with just-in-time delivery. and These spaces tend to be full of boxes and not really used very much. By definition, shops and uppers means there's a residential element and, of course, the commercial element, which tends to be on the ground floor, which is absolutely fine. And the residential often ends up with an ROI on the gross development value or the GDV of about five to six percent. Now, some people have more, some people have less, but that's the net amount, which, again, in of itself is not bad. And you've hopefully significantly increased the value, of course, through your actions. So if your goal is to build up good cash flow, then you might consider that you will then sell the uppers or the residential development to buy something with better cash flow because maybe three to five, six, seven percent is maybe not quite what you're after. Or you might double down again, of course, sell them out, double out, down again, do the same thing. And as I said, the big problem with selling anything is that you then crystallise the tax. That takes away a chunk of your efforts and makes you lose a lot of momentum. For those of you who have been flipping projects for a while, the feeling of creating something, making a sale and a profit is exciting, and your confidence grows. But have you found that maybe deep down there's a voice asking you why are things not quite progressing as fast as I thought they would? Why is it things are slower than I expected? You see, long-term wealth comes from holding on to assets and building momentum, not necessarily through the process of flipping. The problem is, every time you sell something, the big JV partner, called the government, takes its cut, which sucks the wind out of your sails. So you then get back to it and try to turn the handle harder and harder, but still it seems momentum is hard to establish. So picture this. You buy a part-time income producing commercial asset. So there's some income, and you then develop out the non-income producing part and let it out on a commercial basis. This in turn adds to the property value because there's now more income. And that original piece that didn't have any income was usually heavily discounted because there's no income. And you can then leverage this increase in value for your next investment. Because effectively you've taken the empty space, you've created some income which has increased the value. And now you're leveraging that to buy the next one. You're holding on to it. And the yield should be around 10% or so on the gross development value. But on your purchase and development cost, if you're doing all that yourself, back to what I said at the start about are you the investor, developer or operator, all three, on the purchase and development cost, you really should be getting a return of at least 20%. But that's not on the GDV, that's on your expenses. So there are two things that work differently here. First, you don't have to sell the asset to get a better cash flowing asset because this one already is. So you don't crystallise tax. And lose momentum. Plus secondly when you buy a commercial asset with non-income producing part as I say it should be heavily discounted because so much value is placed on the rental income. So now you're effectively buying a discounted price which is what we talk about doing in residential. You've added in some income by getting a new tenant or changing the offer which means the capital appreciation element is completely in your control and you can do that. Then is to try and hold on you've got a good cash flowing asset and leverage it. There are other factors at play here too of course and with commercial there are far more tax strategies than residential some of which are lost or compromised if you flip a property straight on but buy and hold for the long term you gain benefit from incentives to invest in your asset and hold on to it for cash flow. So there's a whole other piece I'm not going to go into here because it just takes too much time. So it's possible to create more capital value through commercial by being creative, which we speak about a lot in the podcast, with particularly with problem assets. So you can still increase the size of your pot, which is one of the fundamental things we're all trying to do, but it has the added benefit of cash flowing higher, as commercial usually does, and you can now leverage this improved asset to buy the next one without selling it and being hit with tax. So although some strategies of flipping are great in of themselves you just have to think about the momentum stealer that the tax does this is a great way to build momentum in this business it's much more within your control and the quicker momentum grows the more you can do so there is another part to this and that is that you don't have to start with some world beating project you can build up to that sometimes you need a little patience the more riskier and of course potentially higher returning projects can be easier to buy and tackle when you have momentum not when you're just starting out so sometimes you have to work up to those but that's all about momentum isn't it and it's exciting when your cash flow begins to feed your growth and you rely less on outside funding sources how would you fancy actually purchasing or at least refurbishing a development from your own cash flow this can be done in pretty tax efficient ways which again I won't go into just now, but you can build even more momentum by recycling your cash within your business. It takes time to get there, but it's definitely worth it. Now back to my point at the start, not everyone commenting on commercial properties is doing so from the investor developer point of view. That is why it's important to learn the mechanics of how this works under the surface because it can make a huge difference to the speed of growth and momentum. Now, small print as usual, I'm not a professional advisor, so you'll need to research this for your patch of the world. But hopefully I've given you some food for thought. Some searching questions to ask your support team. Some things to try and probe and work out what's going in your market, because you don't know what we don't know, do we? Now, we will, of course, be covering this and much more in our upcoming Commercial Property Mastermind, which is kicking off really soon. It's a nine-month program. So if you've been listening to the podcast for a while and want to start taking some action, then why not get in touch and find out more? Our Mastermind program is designed to give you the knowledge and accountability so that you can hone your goals and strategy choices, whilst encouraging you to keep moving forwards. Now, there has to be a limited number of slots, of course, so that everybody involved gets the most from the program whilst building a good, strong network of peers who are going through the same process. Now, I'm going to pop a link in the show notes so you can take some action on that if you wish. No worries if you don't, but I need to bring it up because it's really an effective program. that will help you speed up and commit to actually getting started in commercial because I know what it's like. Another residential project presents itself and distracts you and off you go. And you keep thinking, well, I need to get into commercial, but, oh, there's another residential. I'll just go and do that for this month. So it's just a program that's designed to try and keep you accountable and to keep you on the right tracks. So thanks again to you, our listeners. Podcast Journey has been really interesting for me personally. I've learned lots more about commercial property, met some really interesting people, built a better understanding of how my own business works. And it's also helped work out the direction that we're taking in the future because I have to talk and think about this stuff a lot more. And although it's been a challenging year out there for everybody, I'm really grateful I finally managed to get this podcast started and off the ground. So I've been able to enjoy all this adventure continues to bring. So the very best for the coming week for you. And come on, take some action this week, do some research, think through your goals and strategies, get some reviewing done before things really start to hot up in this market. Catch up with you next time.